And you're welcome to Wade In to look back on the weekend that was in the world of horse racing. Delighted to do so to talk about the highs, the lows, the Breeders' Cup. The Breeders' Cup, uh, it didn't really float my boat, I have to say. Maybe because it didn't back a winner, but uh, should look, we'll come back to that a little bit later on. In the comfort of Mr. Kevin Blake. Kev, how are we, buddy? Hello, very good, you. Back in a car park. Up your boy, yeah. Back where you belong. <laughs> Tout for business, Kev. Tout for business in the car park. The sign is up, the windows are down. Anybody who wants a good time, go and knock on the door. Tony Calvin, how are you, pal? <laughs> yeah, not bad. We're recording this at midday on Monday. He's, he's getting his place in the car park 12 hours too early, isn't he? There must be, there must be a lot of demand where he goes. Listen, listen, as they said, as they said in the US office, I don't know if you, you probably haven't seen this, Tony Cavanaugh, they said one of the lads once day, he's never been to a strip club and on a Monday morning, he says, all right, I'm off to the strip club. He says, oh man, the morning shift on a strip club on a Monday, you don't want to do that. Kevin <laughs> Blake in a car park on a Monday morning, you don't want to see that, I can tell you. Right, lads, we've plenty of racing to get through over the next uh, 45 minutes or so because there was a lot um, to talk about, some good, some not so good. And we'll kick off at Chantry House. Um, I watched this back last night when I got home uh, after a couple of points <laughs> in the pub and Shandry House 6-1 to one for the King George if you're so inclined or if you fancy him for the Gold Cup I mean I, I really don't know what Nicky Henderson was talking about afterwards when he said like you know they ran him in this race because there aren't enough of these quality races for horses <laughs> like Shandry House a two runner race Kevin Blake what was he on about? <laughs> just can't make this up. Leave him alone. It's unbelievable. Listen, you stop defending, you stop defending all the pieces that you know what around the world, Tony Calvin, and let us know. <laughs> oh, stop. Like, this this race, like, <laughs> clearly shouldn't exist. It's a oh. tiny fields every year, you know, two runners on what's supposed to be a quality card. You know, good horses, we know, but just lads. Oh, open your eyes! Like there's so many things wrong in jumps racing at the minute, and this just this just uh, encapsulates one of the major things, which is the program. Um, Shantry House, lovely horse. Who knows what 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 level he ran to? I have no idea because the big breakaway clearly didn't do his thing. Um, made mistakes but the big breakaway might have run to 12 and Chantry House might have ran to 56 I have no idea good luck to you um, so you, you know what can you take from a Chantry House is in good shape it'll probably tighten up from it um, hopefully there'll be you know stiffer tasks await for him in the, in the near future but yeah yeah it's just mm. Well, that's it. I mean, Tony, he won by 37 lengths. I mean, we don't really learn a lot from this. And, and Nicky Henderson said, I know everyone has shouted about two horse races, but we need this. What else am I supposed to do with him? I don't know. Run him elsewhere? I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. Yeah, what to do. no. Oh, that was it. Yeah, we had low sum. We had four fences taken out. And uh, you probably haven't had a look at, uh, you haven't had a look at Monday's racing, you, uh, uh, you two, have you? But there's a, there's a 50,000 gra- uh, 50, pound uh, graduation race up in Carlisle that's attracted a mighty six runners. 26 mm. grand to the winner. So, I, 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 if I if I owned a horse that was eligible for either of those races and people were literally giving you thousands of pounds for turning up, you'd, you'd be having a word with your trainer, wouldn't you? But, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's another, it's, it's another, it's another stick for the let's burn down the racing calendar. Um, Jane Mangan picking up your um, tab on this yesterday and look on Sunday, I listened to her, um, uh, Kev, and, and basically, you know, saying what you have been saying for a long time, which is, you know, just burn the whole thing and start again. And this is another little... 
dent in that yeah, did, 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 you see the, did you see the little gif I posted on Twitter there the other day? And I, I think I'm going to be using it an awful lot this year. It's, it's, a, it's a little dog and he's sitting in a room that's ablaze in flames and he's sitting down at a table drinking a cup of tea saying, this is fine. That's national hunt racing. The thing is, lit, the, the house is literally on fire, lads. And we're all sitting around going, this is grand. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, Cheltenham's yeah. five months away. Hope you buy a... Oh. I know, I know, I know. It's anyway, it's your luck. All right, so six to one for the King George, 12 for the Gold Cup. If you're so inclined, after you were so impressed by Shandry, has blowing away the entire field yesterday, the entire field of one other horse who ran absolutely brutally. Right, and um, what about um, Notebook? I, I've long liked Notebook, uh, Tony Calvin, as a prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, he is um, a bit of a headbanger. I do tend to, 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 to side with the headbangers. I don't know whether that's a self reflection <laughs> thing or something like that, but he's. <laughs> Um, were you impressed by, by him winning the 4-3? Uh, um, I think he's introduced at 40-1 for the Gold Cup. Sam Crow, uh, I think, traded at, at 5-1 to one on in yeah. running for the race. But um, I, I've always liked Notebook. He is a bit of a headbanger. Yeah, Sam Crow was travelling all over him, two out, wasn't he? Uh, hence, trades at fives on. But, yeah, Notebook rather lost his way after that second to Chacan Poissois. But, you know, he was back there, finished off his race, uh, finished off his race well enough, and it seems like he's going back to Leopardstown at Christmas. Yeah, I think he... In the end, you had to be impressed, but two out, you'd probably be, if you'd been taking the short odds, you'd have probably been uh, cursing. But in the end, he got it done. But like I say, Sam Crow might have a hole in him. And, um, and like I said, he was travelling all over him. But uh, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was fair enough. Yeah, Sam Crow really has just been very hit and miss, I guess, for the last uh, for the last while. And um, what about Ginto? Another one for Gordon Elliott. Um, speaking of Sam Crow, um, he's twenty five for the Albert Bartlett. So I know that's the kind of bet Tony Calvin wants to have in November. Yeah, yeah. he's backing a horse yes. for the Albert Bartlett in November. <laughs> he's twenty five though, but he comes with a, a lofty old price tag and a bit of a, a reputation. And so, your thoughts on Ginto, Kev? Yeah, like he he won his point to point, very impressive, and and sold for four hundred and seventy thousand euros, which was uh, a fair throw, um, just nearly exactly a year ago. And look, I don't think he's a horse that's going to ever be a superstar over hurdles. I think he he's a real staying chaser in the making. Um, looking at him and looking at the way he ran his bumpers and looking at him here, like I think we won't see the very best of him until next season probably. But um, I suspect he'll show a bit of progression between now and then and you know hopefully get in the mix in that type of race but you know will he be going winning in Albert Bartlett um, wouldn't be top of my list at the minute but we'll see how he gets on next day yeah okay good stuff right um, what about my mate Mozzie then um, for Gavin Cromwell 16s from 20s for the Supreme I do I, like the Supreme I have to say Tony does take my fancy in terms of, of watching horses that could potentially be Supreme horses mm. I think this is where you're going to get if for punters as well TC and if you're so inclined to look forward to Cheltenham even at this early stage, this is where you can really get value on horses that you might consider to be a, a supreme horse or value more. The novice hurling division, um, where bookies will generally price up a big enough odds and you can actually uh, get the better of them if you're, if you're early enough or if you're never keen enough. Possibly, but how many supreme favourites do we get throughout the year? I, th- I think you'd rather, be a, you'd rather be a bookmaker than a punter, mm. this, especially this far out. But yeah, yeah it's, like I said, you get any number of horses that are impressive. Uh, and my mate Mozzie was one of those. And um, yeah, I mean, Jack Kennedy took a, a bit of a crashing fall on Booth and Bay here. And oh, we, we should, broken we, arm. Broken we, we arm. Should mention two, two starts later, um, you know, he, he he breaks his arm. And God, that, that guy gets some bad luck, doesn't he? God, I mean, that is 
He needs more vitamin D or he needs more calcium or whatever it is that helps oh, bone geez. structure because he's brittle bones, Kennedy, and he's paying the price for it. I mean, look, it's terrible. It, he's getting terrible. He to, it's another broken arm. He needs to stop falling off horses at 40 miles an hour. That's what he needs to be doing. But God, I mean, that. Yeah. I had to look back at his um, his injury list going back to 2016. For a young for a young boy, and he's only, sorry, sorry I shouldn't say boy. He's only a young fellow. I, I, I sound like Frankie Dettori there, don't I? Um, no, uh, you know, a, a, 20, a 22 year old. Old, uh, 22 year old God he's got some injury already hasn't he uh, I don't know how Shocking. long he's been yeah. out with a broken arm but presumably months rather than weeks probably, probably not I'd long knowing yeah. them lads he'll be back, yeah. he'll be back yeah. and literally he'll probably be, literally be back in five or six weeks I'd say maybe sooner yeah, yeah. yeah. savages yeah <laughs> no, but, but my was, 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 was impressive yeah. rotten luck though just on a Jack Kennedy point as well I mean it's another one for him I mean I, I, you know and I'm being facetious yeah. when I say, you know, but it's just, he's been so absolutely riddled with bad luck in regards to broken bones. Well, I know you're testing you, but you do wonder, like, is, is there just some sort of a, a disposition there, like, in his, yeah. in his bones? Because it does, like, I know these lads all get, get heavy falls, but he does have a lot of broken bones. And look, there's mm. obviously nothing you can do about it. If that's the way he is, that's the way he is. But, um, you know, how misfortunate that one of the, the best talents in the saddle we've seen over jumps, um, yeah. you know, one of the best probably young prospects coming through in the last kind of, you know, Jesus, 15, 20 years. And he just is injury prone. Um, yeah. There's no other way of dressing it up. It's just it's just horrible for him, really. And look, sure, hopefully it's something that uh, that stops happening, but it seems to be happen, happening like repeatedly. We, we we had a guy in our rugby team, um, I'm not going to name him to save his embarrassment, his name is Andrew Barry in Greystones. There. He used to come down to train, right? And he, used to down, and he used to break his collarbone. He used to break his collarbone nearly every single season. He'd come down, he'd train for two or three weeks, we'd start full contact training sessions. One of the lads would go and hit him a, hit him a tackle and he'd snap his shoulder and break his collarbone. He did it about eight times and eventually he had to just stop playing because he couldn't, he couldn't he couldn't handle it anymore. Jack, Jack Kennedy's kind of the same. He's the Andrew Barry of, our, uh, of the old racing world. But anyway, Andrew, if you're listening, I'm sorry to have to embarrass you, but there you go. Right, um, we should mention Bob's away as well, 40s if you're so inclined after winning it at Sandown um, for the Supreme as well. What about the stairs hurdle? Uh, Darasso, 40 to 1. Flooring Porter, obviously, uh, you know, you can make the case. Kev, I think you're not convinced he was absolutely going to win, do you think? Or, or do you think Darasso yeah. was going to win? Um, yeah. I I, look, he looked like he was going to win, but he'd been free enough now, and it just wouldn't have been a shock if Darasso had been able to pick him up. Um, like, Darasso was ridden very well by Luke Dempsey kind of stayed out of the heat of the race because um, they did go, seem to go a fair gallop and and it was great look Durasso look Florin Porter I'm sure will come back inside of Burley and you know they'll be competing in a stairs hurdle probably come March but Durasso you know this was this was his derby you know he's race fit yeah. um, and to, to win a grade two with him now is his job done I'd say um, the fullness of time will show that I'm sure and you know his form leading up to this will tell you that as well you know he's not a grade one horse so when you win a when you win a grade two with a horse that's that's not a grade one horse you've, you've done all right so it was great to get it yeah absolutely yeah, you, you, Flooring Porter for you would have won TC I, I, I take it by the same yeah I, I, I had a look at it a couple of times it, it wasn't a tied fall was it I mean uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he I think he was trading at twos on at the time and I think that's a fair reflection of, of what I think might have mm. panned out but yeah um yeah, okay, great stuff. So, um, but we're going to have full crowds at the Grand National, obviously, if everything uh, continues to go according to, to plan um, in terms of the old uh, virus suppression and all that kind of stuff. So, just looking back on Saturday and Mac Toddy jumping the, uh, the Grand National fences, I think is a 50 to 1 uh, poke for the Grand National based on winning the Grand Sefton TC. I did it, we did it nicely enough. Um, again, you know, back in horse with the Grand National now, you have to really have a lot of faith that they're going to get there in one piece, really. But, yeah, what did you think? 
I think he's probably going to need to go up the weights a fair bit. I mean, he was winning that half a mark of 135 and he only won by length. But against that, you know, he beat a very horse with good, solid Grand National fences form in second and they were 12 lengths clear of the third. So maybe they might, you know, whack him up maybe seven or eight pounds and he might be on a mark whereby, you know, he... You know he doesn't have to do a great, more, uh, great more to actually get into the big on himself. But yeah, he he travelled well for her. And like I said, he beat a beat a decent yard stick in second. They were miles clear of the third. So yeah, it was a good good performance by Matt Totty. Yeah, right. Okay. Looking here the yeah. last few years, you kind of you kind of need to be kind of one forty two, one forty three, yeah. one forty four, that kind of zone nowadays. So that, um, might, I don't know if he'll get put up enough, but he might he might get another nudge before the season's out. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, Eric Bloodaxe is a horse that I, I remember watching a few times in Bumpers, Kev. Um, and, you know, this was a couple of seasons ago, and I was kind of marking him down my notebook as, as, a, as a nice horse, potentially. But what he did at the weekend in Nace, um, I thought was very impressive. I think he's been quoted now um, 16 to 1 for the Albert Bartlett. But more pressing than that, he, he holds an entry in the Royal Bond at Ferry House. I think he won a bumper at Ferry House previously as well. So I, he'd make appeal for me if he was going to go there. But he seems like I, 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 I thought he was a nice horse. He kind of got injured then, and we didn't see him for a while. But um, what did you make of his win at the weekend? Ah, delighted! Now I, I always loved him. He was a, he's a yeah. most gorgeous, big, big, like black horse, jet black horse, and he's beautiful horse to, to look at. And you know, he went and beat Ferdy Hollow on debut at, at Fairy House. You know, so he's always been a very good horse. And people will look at the the long absence and say, "Oh God, he must have had terrible trouble." He actually didn't. He just had oh. a kind of se- a sequence of unfortunately timed like minor setbacks. Like you have minor mm. setback, you'd be nearly ready to go. Another minor setback, nearly ready to go. Another minor setback. So like you have hasn't had a leg or anything so you'd hope that like all the ability that we saw a couple of years ago is still there and and if it is like you'd hope he could compete in a race like the Royal Bond if, if that's where he goes Lovely. Um, like he does stay, he does stay further so we wait and see and look at the options but uh, he's uh, really I'm very very fond of him now he's you, you hope that he's going to turn into a, a real nice one so it was great to see him come back and do that Lovely my notebook isn't as detailed as your notebook now by the way it's just my notebook says Eric Budak's good <laughs> so, so I might I might back him for the Royal Bond we'll see how it goes but um, your, your, yeah. your notebook's probably the same as most other people's notebooks i.e. it doesn't exist <laughs> yeah it's in my head yeah. <laughs> it's all upstairs what? well most of it is most of it is yeah. right um, Captain Guinness then uh, for the Champion Chase uh, TC is he your idea of a Champion Chase horse I have to say yeah. he's one of those that last the people really warmed him last season um, but I, I never. It was one of those horses that never really. I never really talked to, to uh, as much as others perhaps did. But what did you make of his performance? Yeah, at the I, you know, I think if you go back to that Irish Arca when he's failed two out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if he stood up there, it'd be interesting to see what would have happened. And I think you had to be very impressed with him at the weekend. I was as well. But hmm. but you look. Good at, old race. Yeah, but you look at the Captain Guinness winning there, and but you go back to that uh, Arca form when he's first to Shishkin. I mean, how how good a horse is Shishkin? We've already seen. The second Del Dorado Allen come out and the Heldon, uh, win the Heldon Gold Cup. All Mankind, the fourth, that one, the old Rowan. So the form is absolutely a shit hot and everything is pointed to Shishkin being a bit of a, being a, bit of a monster. So, um, yeah, um, if you're impressed by Captain Guinness and you're a Shishkin fan, I think you, you've got reasons to be hopeful on both fronts. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm actually hearing as well from Willie Mullins' stable... Whispers Kevin Blake that Shaq and Persuade, the first time we might see him 
is taking on oh, Shishkin oh, um, over oh, in the UK. It could be, that looks like a real possibility now. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're actually, they're being so clever here, the Mullins team, because this is exactly what I do if I was in the position there. And they have a bunch of two milers and yeah. two and a half milers. There's three races on that weekend, the Hilly Way, yeah. the Tingle Creek and the John Durkin. And they're doing exactly the right thing. They're, they're pointing their biggest gun at Sandown and saying like, now, well in advance, we're running Shaq and Pursois there. And you know what that's no. Nicky Henderson no, 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 he's going to fill no, his trousers and not no, run Shishkin no no, no <laughs> you're going no, to bring him for a race course gallop right, instead right, right well I'm telling you now because Nicky Henderson you did this with Altior right and fine you might say it worked very well Altior, Altior wasn't a bad horse and he won a right fine if you duck this challenge with Shaq and Bursaw with Shishkin now Nicky Henderson you might as well give up your license and retire that's, that's he'll, give him a ra- he'll give him a race course gallop I'm telling you I'm telling you you're, you're yeah. a pair of bastard Irish bullies against the 70, 70 plus old man leave the bastard alone <laughs> Nicky Henderson the challenge, the challenge has been put down now if you don't turn up for the duel in the sunset if you go away and say you can't find your gun or your holsters your holsters oh, you're, I'll you're, tell you you're, what, you're a chicken. You're a coward. I, I hope he does go there because I'm going to. And Kevin's over there for because the, it's the Betfair uh, Tingle oh, Creek. Yes. I am going to get hold of Nicky Henderson, pull him over, <laughs> and I'm going to have him spitting blood in your face, Blake. Yeah. And actually, I won't be there because I'm too afraid of what Nicky Henderson might do to me if we do slag him off. So no, no, uh, no. Do, do, do that, TC. We'll, we'll both go and watch the race course gallop together. It'll be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> And then, they, and then the bookies, the bookies can cut. They can cut. They can cut Shishkin on the back of a really promising oh, race called Gallop, where he, yeah, he oh, works all you, they, over they, the other two miles. They'll, they'll tug off Nico in the yellow silks, and they'll go in the two horse Gallop. They were telling you, I'm calling it. Oh, because uh, Irish uh, racing is oh so competitive, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Nothing but freebies in Ireland, sure, TC. That's it. Right, um, right. Well, we move on, shall we? If we can, uh, remastered oh, no. as well in the pretense qualifier uh, at entries dwells now for um, the Labrooks from 20 to 1 remaster TC I didn't see um, his particular run but yeah. were you suitably impressed um, rated 133 over hurdles and his he's, he's chase marks 146 so you know if he was relatively straight he should have been running well there and he did um, an old uh, an old willy horse Kashari massive drifter first time head gear <laughs> winning at 80 to 1 and I think the bet for SP was nearly double that so oh my yeah uh, amazing performance but yeah um Remaster's got new reform over fences. Um, yeah, they'll they'll be absolutely delighted with that. And if that was they left plenty to work on uh, towards later in the month on the Labrooks Trophy, then they will be delighted. So no wonder why mm. he was cut. That T Hopu was well um, on Saturday. Sixteen to one for the champion hurdle to me is way too short. I can't be having him again for the champion hurdle. I like, obviously he won and he won fair enough, but um, sixteen to one for the champion hurdle now. I, he's not a champion hurdle equation horse for me at all unless he improves remarkably from last season whatever anything I saw him do last year and even again from what we saw at the weekend 16 to 1 can't be having that um, he was impressive but look he was beating four year olds you know Jeff Kidder was incredibly weak in the betting um, yeah. didn't run his race Quilixios, um, you know who knows what level he ran to really he was rated 150 he didn't run to that he was hanging the whole way and um, Tiopu was, was getting four pounds off him so again difficult race to put your finger on what he achieved but you know if he went into a I don't know an, um, what do you call it the December hurdle at, at Leopardstown or something like that now. oh no sorry no, yeah. yeah it could be no. coming a bit quick I'd say but the, the grade one at yeah. Christmas yeah you'd say surely yeah. it'd probably be 16 to 1 for that I'd say 
Yeah, exactly. Well, look, I mean, listen, anyway, well, improve. Uh, we don't want to be too disrespectful, but certainly you have to improve an awful lot, I think. Um, um, take that result with a pinch of salt over the weekend. Um, Mr. Incredible 20s for the Novice Chase at the festival. Um, this on the back of Rachel Blackmore having a four-timer at the weekend. She's certainly back with a bang, TC, and uh, good to see her back fit and recovered from her injury. Yeah, that was that was quite funny, actually, because I was watching somebody, watching that Mr. Incredible race. Someone had, had 250 at a short price. I think it was about yeah. 10 or something. So anyway, so uh, you got absolutely no chance. Straight 600 in running. I was going to say, do you want to press up at 10s? But a, a good job of kept my mouth shut for once because unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, had no chance turning in. And just like, you know, like I said, traded at a massive price and ended up getting up. Yeah, she's uh, she didn't have a bad weekend. Yeah, we, and we yeah. won't say we won't say who the short price punter was. Tony, we'll we'll describe him as H. Cal. No, 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 too obvious, too obvious. <laughs> no, Hugh C. I know. Hugh C. There's a there's a fatal flaw in your reasoning, Kevin. Mister Incredible. He was Mi- No, no, Mi- no, Mister Incredible one. and I tell you what he definitely wasn't named after me I can tell you that for damn sure Mr Incredible right um, (laughs) gentlemen your thoughts on the Breeders' Cup um uh, you know, a lot of controversy, um, some good, uh, some bad as well. Um, a, a bit to get stuck into here. Uh, I will say I was very disappointed in, in Tarnawa. Um, she didn't run a race at all. I think she was probably uh, drugged from the sidelines. I'm only joking, but like, she just didn't <laughs> run a race at all, Kevin Blake. Um, love, love Ryan Moore's best ride of the weekend. Well, she may well have been before the race, but again, she didn't do the business either, so I have washed my hands of her. Mm. And um, yeah, Charlie Appleby's been great for him. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, and he- Interesting Breeders' Cup with a lot of ups and downs, Kevin Blake, shall we say. Yeah, and look, look, it was the first kind of Lasix 3 Breeders' Cup, which look, is great progress. Um, they seem to be finally making headway in American racing, like after a few false starts on various fronts. Like they tried to ban Lasix for two-year-old races over there, like literally seven or eight years ago, and they backed down out of it. So look, it's great to see a bit of progress be made. And it was probably a big contributing factor in, in making this Breeders' Cup much better because it, it led to the Japanese coming in. Like the the, the yeah. chat from people who would be very familiar with the Japanese scene suggested that without that LASIK ban they wouldn't have come. Um, so it was great that they came and that they, they were probably the highlights of the whole thing for me. Um, you know we were eulogising about the about German racing and the German breeding industry after the arc. Um, but for me this this was a great showcase for the Japanese. Like they're they're absolutely brilliant. They add so much to whenever they bring horses um, abroad, be it to Europe and now to America. Um, and it, it's just so refreshing because you have them. That, like they have a wonderful racing industry. Like prize money is unbelievable. They don't have to travel. You know, it doesn't. If you were trying to weigh it up in pounds and pennies, it wouldn't make sense really to travel. But they embrace the challenge. They want to have winners abroad and and showcase their industry. Uh, the complete opposite of our Australian friends. It has to be said. Um, so you know you have to applaud <laughs> us when they when they when they come and uh, and they went they went and won. I was delighted for them. Um, but yeah, Breeders' Cup um, European. Uh, European success was was confined to Charlie Appleby, I think was it off the top of my head. Um, he, he had an unbelievable Breeders' Cup, unbelievable yeah. season. I think, I think, I think he's had something like seventeen Group of Grade One winners this season. Um, wow. His previous best might be nine, and like yeah. that's a big number. Like, look, Aiden set the record a few years ago at twenty eight, but I think there's only been a handful of times that he, that Aiden has reached twenty. You know, so to get up to seventeen is 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 huge going. And with all the two-year-old power he has, you know, Charlie's on the march, as they say. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I like Golden Pal. I thought I thought he was really impressive. Um, just raw speed, fun to watch. 
Um, I, I enjoy the Breeders' Cup. It's never a meeting that, that I, you know, try and drill down too heavily, but I, I enjoy it as a spectacle. The Americans do it really well. They broadcast it really well. Um, it's great when there's European and other international interests there. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. It's lovely to sit in there oh. of an evening and watch good race and in a great, spe a great, um, great setting and uh, watch it all unfold. He must, have, what he, happened? Must have, yeah. he, he must have been getting good reception in the car park at midnight. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> no business at midnight. No, a bit of a quiet couple of hours. Just shoot into the Breeders' yeah. Cup, right. Can you, can, um, can, you, can you wait here, ladies and gentlemen? I'm just watching this race. I'll be, I should be right in about two minutes. Form an orderly queue there. Yeah, yeah, just to hold back a bit. Okay, thanks very much. Um, TC, tell us, can you explain the, the betting controversy around uh, modern game? There was booze ringing out at Del Mar. Um, I watched um, the sign-off piece from uh, Mr. Chapman over the weekend. What happened with Modern Game? And tell us why the controversy was so. Please. Well, uh, his stable mate next door to him, Alvaro, was playing up. So the one of the stable lads um, didn't want Modern Games to get injured. So he let him out the front of the stalls. Now, it seems to be some confusion. The vet said, oh, he, he's got nicked. So they, they actually withdrew the horse on, 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 on medical grounds uh, first up. And then they had a... Then they had another steward's inquiry about that, so he got reinstated. But by the time it was taken out and reinstated, they'd taken it out of the betting. So, of course, over there, it was the, the horse ran for purse mo uh, prize money and purse money only. So, so, effectively, the horse ran in the race, but it had no bearing on the domestic betting. Now, obviously, that's... Apparently there was uh, you know there was there was loads of Ferrari over there as you'd expect because it's never a good look when a when a favourite gets pulled out it wins you've got it in all your exotics etc uh, and you say sorry no you're getting your money back after the horse is actually gagged up so yeah there was obviously massive controversy over there over here when mistakes like this happen over here bookmakers rightly or wrongly there's an expectation now that they pay out double result and and uh, Betfair Sportsbook they they paid out on both. Um, they they even raved the wall four on 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 the on the second. Um, you know they each they played out each way bets down to five places. So it would have, and I think most people in the industry, I think one or two bookmakers did variations of this, but I think Betfair Sports have been uh, in common with most bookmakers actually just you know took the hit, paid out on, on everything. So and it wouldn't have been cheap because it's a. Uh, or even though the Breeders' Cup doesn't isn't is a massive betting turnover event because of the the time and uh, in the night etc. It was it was a well backed favourite, so it would have would have cost them a fair few quid. So yeah, I mean mm. over there, if they just didn't the winner didn't count for betting purposes, and, and obviously there was a lot of ramifications and a lot of brouhaha over that. So, so yeah, it was another cock up where where British bookmakers pay out on both, but uh, whether or not they need to. There's an expectation over here that it happens. I think it's personally, I think it's wrong that people assume uh, the bookmakers have to pay for their bad luck, but you know that's that's the way we're going over here. Yeah, but we, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's is it fair enough? I think the sour taste was like, you know, why why allow a horse to run if if people can't bet on? And then the fact that he won as well, it just it, I, I can understand why why people were very unhappy over there. Yeah. Well, you like see if the horse has been taken out uh, incorrectly and they and they correct <laughs> that error in time, they've got to let the horses run because. You know, he's mm. picking up valuable prize money. Obviously, it's a Group One race. It's a two-year-old. You know, for breeding purposes, it's going to be absolutely huge. So, you know, you have to let it run. But clearly, there was a communication breakdown about taking out of the betting and not being able to reinstate it once it was taken out. But my my reflection of the Breeders' Cup, I think I was pretty underwhelmed by the quality. Obviously, you got some brilliant training performances. 
For Charlie Appleby to get your beer to win a Breeders' Cup turf after the horse needed a gelding operation after, you know, disappointing up until the summer and for him to get him back uh, was just phenomenal, uh, phenomenal performance. And that, that was a standout visual performance for me. But, you know, you, you, the Breeders' Cup turf was, you know, you've got 117 rated horse winning it, beating another 117 rated horse in Brew. You know, it's a group one. If that was a group two race at the Curra on a Sunday, you probably, your eyes, you, you probably shrug your shoulders at that. So I think the overall quality uh, was lacking at the Breeders' <coughs> Cup. But, you know, there was Appleby's lovely bloke. That's fine. But uh, I suppose everyone just, everyone dances around the fact that um, obviously, you know, Sheikh Mohammed wasn't there again and hasn't been seen on the racetrack globally all this year. So it wasn't the best, wasn't the best advert for the sport in general because of the, everyone just keeps silent about the owner but yeah, yeah. it's Japanese angle Appleby you know Space Blues winning on his retirement race it was it had plenty it had plenty going for it but quality yeah. I think it was a little bit lacking in, in, in relation to previous years yep okay fair enough alright and that's the racing review done we're going to get into our listener questions in just a second uh, just to t- tell our listeners here that when you bet fair on racing you're going to get daily rewards uh, so any day can be a big deal boost your odds on three horses any day with my odds boost daily rewards um, for punters as well because we're better for terms and conditions apply and check out the website for more uh, details right your listener questions thank you as always as well for sending them in we do appreciate them Brian McEnany says how worrying is it that the people heading British racing seem to be involved in a lot of questionable deals? From the Patterson details coming out to Matt Hancock receiving donations, is this really going to help promote British racing to the wider public? Uh, Brian, well, I guess it's not. It leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. Tony Calvin, you can um, maybe kick us off this. Some of the details coming out of about the, uh, I guess, the Patterson um, case for one have mm. been uh, quite jaw-dropping, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been a bit harsh there about, you know, British racing to the wider public, and we won't go into the Matt Hancock uh, scenario. I'm not exactly sure what he's referring to there. But I mean, the Owen Patterson story is, it, it reflects badly on, on, on the racing media. Now, I'm sure racing journalists don't come into this game to write about, uh, they come into the game to write about racing and the positives uh, around our, about the horse and the sport, don't they? But... If you get into racing journalism, you have to accept that, you know, sometimes you can't run away and hide from, from stories just because it may upset some, shall we say, some powerful stakeholders and individuals. I mean, we had that with Oshie Murphy last year and this year and Sheikh Mohammed. Uh, and we had it again last week with, you know, there was clearly a massive racing story to be had with, you know, a disgraced MP Owen Patterson. And he's and he's linked to Randox. Now, Randox, this is the world, you know, this is the sponsor of the world's most high-profile race, unless we forget. And where the hell was everybody bar Greg Wood in The Guardian on this? I mean, I must be living in a parallel universe if this isn't a racing story. You know, maybe the racing hacks and, you know, and remember, you know, you know, we don't have that many left as, as evidenced by the fact, you know, racing posts have got seven of the eight finalists in the two main HWP awards. I mean, we don't have that many. We don't have, you know, a, a correspondent of the Times, Independent, etc. So, you know, there is a very small pool of racing journalists, but I mean, surely, that surely it's... Like, you, is there a reluctance, do you think, to Tony? It, is there a reluctance on behalf of, of the racing journalist fraternity, if you like, uh, mm. not to go after a story like this? Because potentially of the damage this could do financially... Yeah. 
were randos to pull out. And I, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. That, that might seem very black and white and people, well, that's, that should neither be here nor there. But is it just as simple and as, and as basic as that? I don't think it's a journalist's job to protect, um, you know, the sponsor of the Grand National. And, you know, by staying put, it's a, it's a pretty sad state of affairs when, when silence takes precedence over editorial integrity. So fair play to Greg Wood. I mean, this will blow over. Kev, are you on view on this or, or how do you feel about the whole thing? I don't especially, Hugh. Look, I've kind okay. of, I haven't, I'm not, I haven't been in-depth on it following it but look it's clearly a massive scandal look at like a mainstream scandal with links to racing um, yeah. so I can understand why it wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea from a racing journalist point of view to go after it but um, there is clearly in there is clearly mileage in it if they wanted to go after it and sure look Greg you can normally be relied on to, to get on top of something like this and he, he's mm. asking plenty of questions on it but um, like like Tony says I think there'd be plenty of people very uncomfortable you know, in the jockey club about this about possible ramifications because we've seen um, you know both sides of the IRC that when these big big races um, when the sponsorship deals do expire it is a really tough job to get someone that you want in you know and, and they had some probably to, to be frank some probably inconvenient sponsors of the Grand National over the years and I, th I think Randox kind of really suits them up, up to this point at least yeah. Um, yeah. so you know I think that's the, the, the wider considerations that might be at play but um, like this it, it was it was, a, it was a, you know from what I read of the, the whole thing it's pretty scandalous stuff Okay so Jamie O'Leary says after failing two drug tests Bob Baffert's Medina Spirit uh, Medina Spirit Kentucky Derby win is still pending why is this still ongoing if this had been a much smaller trainer they would have lost the race months ago but because it's Baffert a bit like Sheikh Mo won't be kicked out of UK racing. Is there a bias here because it's Bob Baffert, do you think, Kevin Blake? Um, I don't know if it's bias. Maybe there is. But look, as we've seen in this part of the world, you know, these cases do take a lot of time because... Uh, you know, and we, we've seen that if you're following the case, like Bob Baffert, you know, very high-powered legal team. So when you're on the other side of that, that's trying to make something stick, you know, apps, when you know that you've got a high-powered legal team facing you down, um, every little box has to be ticked. And, and unfortunately, it, frustratingly, um, it does take time. And we've seen that this side of the water repeatedly as well. Yeah, okay, good stuff. Um, John Carroll says, the British Cup Classic, worst race for the money in the world. Is it? No, I, I think we've established that was Shad. There are a, a few down in Australia, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought we've established yeah. that was Shad Two House winning seventeen grand at Sandown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> against a against a lame big breakaway, absolutely. Yeah. Peter Dillon, any whispers out there about the lack of Willie Mullins runners uh, this and last weekend? Is all okay in the yard? Seems a bit odd. Uh, it's par for the course, I think, Peter, isn't it? That, that he doesn't send out. The yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty normal. He's always slow to get going. He was a little bit faster last season. It kind of it kind of generated comment last season that he seemed to be have them rolling a little bit earlier and he, he, he said he was consciously doing it but he seems to have reverted back to um, the norm he likes to wait until the ground's good and soft and, um, and he's training you know specifically for March and April really probably more so than others um, which is why he tends he historically has been so so dominant at, um, at Punchestown when others that had their horses peaking a little bit earlier are running on fumes Mullins is you know blasting through the line so I, I wouldn't t read into it now yeah, okay, fair enough. Niall says, uh, TC, can you give a mention to Tom Greenaway, is it? I, um, yeah, he's a former jockey. Um, I was alerted to this. John Berry tweeted that uh, Tom uh, uh, passed away. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure about the details of it. And with all these things, you know, details are always slow to come through about how he passed away. I, had, I did have a look at his Twitter profile and he, he was still tweeted away at the end of last month. So I'm not sure if it yeah. was, uh, I'm not sure how, how he's passed, but he was obviously he's... Uh, 
he's he touched the chord with quite a few people throughout throughout his career, including uh, current trainer John Berry, and, and John Berry got a lot of responses to his tweet as well. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 been a bad week because obviously we had Miguel Mina as well. Obviously, he was an American jockey, age thirty four. He was he was killed in a, a traffic accident over in the states last week as well. So. Um, yeah. yeah, sad times and on the jockey front here. Just to, uh, just to give a mention as well uh, that um, Andrew McNamara senior passed away last week as well, and obviously Andy Mack and I would work um, together on RT, and I know Andrew for good few years. Uh, so condolences to all the family and um, and rest in peace to Andrew McNamara senior as well, a gentleman um, from everybody who knew him. Right, um, Kevin Gaynor says, why are trainers allowed to pull horses on account of ground so close to a race? Several at Wincanton, surely a cut off. Only vet issues are allowed. One hour final decorations? Is that something that should come in? Well, obviously, we had a wing canton, as we feared, as we talked on Racing Only Better on Friday. We, you know, they've been watering, but clearly uh, it was very fast conditions there on the quick side and trainers walking the courses before races. They have to be given the option to pull horses out, especially when it's, you know, when it's uh, when it's on the far side. So it's not ideal. It does decimate betting races does change each way terms but uh, you know the uh, yeah. the welfare of the horses must be paramount and you have to well, just, uh, allow the trainers just to, to do that just to play devil's advocate there you say they have to be given the option like, do they I wonder do they if, if you set a cut off point you know, and you have to make your decision by then. And I know this is the case in other racing jurisdictions that there is a cutoff point. And if you pull out later than that, like you're getting a heavy, heavy punishment, yeah. fine wise. So I know I can see exactly why it happens. But if, you, if you're going to make it, if you want to leave a decision late, you know, you can make a decision earlier. You, it mightn't be as informed as it would be late on. But given the kind of carnage it causes in, for, in the betting, etc. Yeah. You know, I, I could certainly see a case for, for, a, late cut, for a cutoff point but earlier in the day. Look, It'd be an incredibly bad look if a horse, you know, broke down welfare. If the trainer had concerns and said, "Well, I wanted to pull it out, but it was, I was within an hour," it could well be that he had a runner in the previous race with the same jockey, getting feedback from the jockey half hour beforehand and say, "Look, it's riding far too; it rides far quicker than it's walking out there. I wouldn't run the horse." You, I think, welfare is paramount. So, as much as from a punter point of view, it's a it's a complete ball ache. I think you you have to allow you have to allow trainers to pull horses uh, if if they so wish. Okay, um, Joe McAnally says legalities and apportioning blame will doubtless be cited by Race Tech and Racing TV and maybe Hamilton, who reportedly have paid nothing to injured freelance camera operators Robbie Colgrave and Kit Campbell. These guys have been forced to beg via GoFundMe. Oh, I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Um, it was, mm. I, just, I just reread the story on June 29th. A couple working for Race Tech fell out of a cherry picker on a you know um, heightened platform at Hamilton um, got some terrible injuries uh, the pair of them uh, still really since and, uh, mental health issues and stuff like that and Harriet Graham the uh, the clerk of the course and trainer she's uh, she's promoting a GoFundMe page trying to get these two guys 10 grand so I'm not sure of the details I don't want to I don't want to you know I don't want to just like you know, get stuck into race tech or racing TV or whoever was employing them on a maybe a freelance basis um whether they was insured or whatever presumably not but it's a real bad case and you know two guys who haven't worked since got long-term medical issues on, on the back of this you know GoFundMe page trying to get 10 grand for them 
Oh, yeah, it's 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 a terrible story. If you go, it's like, not it's, it's not a good look as well, is it? Like it's not a good no. look as so people are, are having to do and set up a gun for me. Well, I, well, I, I suppose people might turn around and say, you know, if you're working in that kind of environment, you should have your own personal insurance if you're working high up as well. But like, I don't know the details of their relationship with race tech and racing TV courses, etc. But uh, go and have go and have a read on the Racing Post website. It's a it's a pretty heart wrenching story, and obviously they. It's struggling massively, and uh, you never want to see that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough then. Um, Daniel Hodge says, do you think they need to put some kind of bonus up to make the champion hurdle more competitive for second season hurdlers rather than them all going straight to chasing route, Kev? Is, is this is this an issue? Uh, Maybe it would help, but look, it, it's just the well, way Honeysuckle, Honeysuckle is staying, isn't she? She's staying over hurdles this year, this season. Yeah, but that, that's because she's a mayor. You know, if, that, if, if she yeah. was a gelding, I'd say she'd almost certainly go chasing. Um, and it's just the way the, the National Hunt game has gone. You know, we, we've said it a number of times not too long ago. You know, hurdling is the poor relation now. Um, and that's just the way it is. And the program hasn't adjusted. They still have this massive program of uh, of grade one and, and grade two hurdles over two miles and three miles and two and a half miles. And so they have all these races, but they don't have the horses to fill them. You know, the quality, the depth of quality isn't there. Um, so the, the National Hunt game has changed markedly in just the last 20 years but the programme hasn't moved with it which is um, just another reason Hugh to get out that petrol tank and light it on yeah. fire and start again absolutely ok um, Ashton says following the two runner race for Tantry House the same team here I know we covered a few times but with field sizes what would be the specific target to reduce this is i.e. follow Irish racing and don't race every day or less catering for everyone is it all stemmed from the poor BHA set calendar I think Ashley yeah, burned the whole thing to the ground yeah well, start again to the very if you wanted a very quick solution to that race of sand now just make it a handicap make that a handicap yeah. and you'll probably get 10 runners and it'll be an interesting yeah. race you mightn't get Chantry House but you, you'll get actually get an interesting race you know you, you convert yeah. a lot of those lesser graded races to handicaps um, it, it, it would it would change the look a lot more you know fellas with lower yeah. rated horses would actually have a goal um, I think that would help but you know yeah. that's it's a, it's a temporary solution really it's a far bigger problem than that yeah, and George says, should they make all the intermediate chases handicaps to attract bigger fields and make them more competitive? Absolutely. Um, yeah. According to what we end, there you go, George. The question answered there. Sean Hill, two horse race box at Sandown. There you go. We spoke about that as well. Andy Wilkie says, uh, went weekday racing 10 times plus during the summer. And what I found interesting was the age demographic race scores. With this in mind, should the BHA, JC or ANR do more to attract the younger market and or do they care about attracting them in the first place? I think the younger market typically go on the, on the yeah. big days at weekends rather than kind of weekday racing uh, and I'm not sure you can do anything to get more younger people interested unless you specifically go after colleges or universities or whatever um, I don't think you can really do anything to, to attract them during the week I think that's just the way it is Yeah I don't, I don't uh, like it you. I never liked it I think we chase too young a crowd um, yeah. I, I I always think we should be chasing the kind of young professionals you know late 20s 30s you know a few quid yeah. in their pocket um, yeah. with, with less going on possibly I always thought that would be the demographic to really go after but they, they seem fairly fixated in this you know teenagers and early 20s and uh, n never appeal to me is the right thing to do but hey ho what do I yeah. know Gavin Morris says any valid reason why the pretend qualifier punch down in February has been cancelled by authorities leaving just two Irish qualifiers or is the answer just that obvious this, uh, I don't not, know not sure, sure question actually, this, not sure. This, yeah. this, this, this slipped under the radar um, he actually attached um, a notice on this from October the 23rd 
I hadn't seen it picked up anywhere else, but yeah, only two qualifiers in Ireland. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. already had cases where you know I know Gordon has sent horses to um, oh lord, where is it? Chepstow. There's a late one at Chepstow. Yeah, and like he was sending them over there because they they run these qualifiers in Ireland and like they're really really competitive, and you know you only get so so many qualifying out of them. So to to take one out seems a strange move. Um, and I have yeah. to be honest, it, it, it passed me by too, so that's that's very interesting. Yep, the GOAT says, why is there no international win and you're in races for meetings such as Royal Ascot, British Champions Day, or even the Shetland Festival? Surely encouraging national, international competition would be great for British racing, regardless of the GOAT. It seems quite interesting. Someone, someone replied to that, said, why win a 100 grand race and then go for a 30 grand race at Royal Ascot or Cheltenham? <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. it did tickle me. Yeah. yeah, Martin Richards says, watching the action at Warwick last Friday and I was struck by how soft the fences were with horses easily able to plough their way through the obstacles. A sign of the times or a potential longer term issue with horses not respecting the fence. Interested in your views. I, I did uh, speak to Dan Barber about this this morning. He just said it's always been the case. Uh, he said it's not necessarily the fences... Uh, have always been very stiff but they come quickly so it's always been regarded as a good test of a horse's jumping not because of the stiffness or otherwise of the fences it's because they're bang 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 at you so it's a, it's a good test yeah. in fairness though you can see like in this day and age you can see horses like make horrific mistakes and like plough straight through them and survive you know it does they do seem to be quite mm. I don't know forgiving is the right yeah. word but you, you yeah. can you can make an absolute horlicks and, 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 and survive yeah. which I know can be can will obviously be cast as a positive thing I suppose but um, yeah. take it to the extreme you know where they ended up in Australia they're going back a few years when they they were constantly kind of watering down the obstacles and they ended up with basically upturned yard brushes that they could literally run straight through yellow things sticking up yeah. in the air like there was no resistance yeah. in them whatsoever and sure horses that you know they're not stupid and they were out that they, they weren't going to meet much resistance and they could just kind of hardly lift their legs at all and just flick through them and uh, they ended up getting some horrific falls because they ended up hardly lifting their legs at all and kind of hitting the hitting the board and um, uh, and flipping so you know it's good to have enough resistance there they respect it and jump it properly so okay um, disappointed says Adam Wedge is riding the Lusitanian in the one o'clock at Chepstone Wednesday is it the most obvious schooling in public ever only stewards in Ireland would think this is not worth looking into <laughs> was it? I didn't see this I, I, I went back? back and had a, I went back and had a look at it um, Mike Catmull did say the horse was still hard on the steel two out but then the camera panned away from me so I can't give a I can't give a, okay. I can't give an answer on that because but I, what I do say is it is quite lawless out there I mean Patrick Cowley got 42 days for a ride you see every single day of the week uh, last yeah. week uh, okay. so no, if you're gonna you're gonna do it you do it evenly but it's not the case at the moment um, winning each way lad says uh, who has a stronger camp and why heading international on season Henry Dubrow Henry Gordon Elliott well I guess we're gonna have to find out at the end of the season who has the more winners but uh, if a quick answer might be Henry Dubrow Head might have more firepower in the grade ones whereas Gordon I think has a uh, a bigger stable of horses that are going to mop up more winners, I think, uh, over the course of the season. But we'll wait and see. Um, Stephen or Setvin says, is the November handicap the end of the flat season? Is it still going? Who knows? And is this the problem? <laughs> well, yeah. the trainers' championship's still going to the end of the year, but everything else is done and dusted, okay. isn't it? So I know okay. it's coming okay. And Ashleen says, uh, the horse kicking in Jeff Banks' tweet, this should not be condoned in any shape or form by so-called industry professionals, although not a racing matter, but simply that of horse welfare. Yeah, I saw it. All right. I did see it. It's uh, on the BBC News over here. It's big news. Yeah. 
Yeah, there could be trouble coming down the line for uh, our good lady friend uh, if she gets identified. But we'll wait and see, Ashing, what happens there. I guess we'll leave it to the people in charge. And just finally, one one from Paul who says, does Cal stick up for every piece of dog shit that inhabits this earth? Paul, <laughs> if I don't do it, Paul, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Yes, I do. I am the Lionel Hutz of the world sticking up for the pieces of dog shit where nobody else wants to touch with the barge pole and I'm proud of it Paul I charge a cheap fee for doing it and I will continue to do it alright thanks for your question thanks for your question Lionel Hutz of the, uh, the the moral world shall we say my thanks to TC and to Kevin Blake and everybody as well who sent in your questions as always we do appreciate it please remember to gamble responsibly as always we're back at Racing Only Better on Friday to look ahead to next weekend so we hope you can join us for that until then take it easy